I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a two-way talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. You can tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Please like and subscribe on all the social media platforms that you follow. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch. Actually, Parlor. They're gone, right? We need to edit that. Uh, so... Uh, Telegram, Rumble, all the, the alt ones, the alt ones, and as well as the mainstream ones. We're there, we're here, there, and everywhere. So at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio, would love to have you guys follow us there. And by the way, uh, I don't know if you realize it, but the major social media platforms, the big ones, shadow ban us. They say they don't. They call it a, a different word They're, that you're not... Um, I forget what they call it, but it doesn't really matter. The point is the result is the same. They they make sure that our content isn't suggested to anyone except those who follow, like, subscribe. If you don't follow us, like, or subscribe to our content, you aren't going to see it. Even if it's reposted on someone else's uh, page or whatever, they will not suggest it. It won't come up in Reels, even though Reels have a different type of uh, reach. They are really hoping to compete with TikTok. Um, and TikTok is very non-gun friendly. So we've we tried that for a little while, but they're just they de just deplatform accounts left and right. Not to mention I think they're the public enemy number one as far as social media is concerned. So we're not there, but everywhere else you'll find us. And I believe that we put out some good content. Uh, I believe that we uh Put out some entertaining content and stuff you'll want to share with your friends, neighbors, enemies, family, and uh, acquaintances. So oh my. like, subscribe, share, comment, all the good stuff that'll defeat the evil algorithm. Uh, and we will be happy to uh, to take care, take care of your needs there, your gun needs there. So anyway, um, spent the last couple days filling in uh, for the... Howie Carr show, which I was happy to do, got called in as a replacement. He wasn't feeling so well. He had the neurovirus and uh, ended up going out. And actually went out in more ways than one. He actually fainted while he was on the air. And uh, they uh, gave everybody a scare, but apparently he was really dehydrated. One of the things the neuroviruses do. And uh, so we're really happy that he's back in the saddle today. Um, we had a contingency plan for streaming this show because it conflicts with his show. If I was going to be there, it was going to be a little bit, um, we were going to have to change the time at which we broadcast. But 
all that was just a contingency that we didn't need to execute on. And we're here the usual time and place and glad you're here with us. So uh, you guys can go ahead and uh, comment on the chat. You can give us a call if you want, 508-444. That's one thing I love about the Howie Car Show is when I'm on there, there's lots of callers. uh, So the phone was ringing off the hook. The phone lines were, I'd look up and the board was full. And uh, so it was, it was really good. So, uh, but give us a call if you want and uh, we'll be happy to get you on the air if you have a question. So huge event coming up at Cape Gunworks. We have Jim Jordan coming to town on the 21st of May. So we'd love to have you join us if you want to be a part. Uh, It's a fundraiser for his political action campaign. And uh, if anyone has watched Jim Jordan on the uh, Senate, I mean, excuse me, House uh, appropriate uh, House Judiciary Committee, where he led the charge against uh, Stephen Dettelback a couple weeks ago, the director of the ATF, and you you got to see him really hold him accountable and grill him. And so, if you enjoy your Second Amendment rights, uh, Jim Jordan is a guy that we need to keep there. So we're really happy to have him come into Massachusetts of all places. Imagine being a Republican, I would say top five Republican in Congress and going to Massachusetts for a fundraiser. So I'm really hoping we can send him home loud and proud and say, man, I can't believe those guys in Massachusetts are, you know, staunch defenders of freedom and the second amendment. And they, you know, let's. I want to leave a mark and make it one of his campaign stops uh, every every year. So, uh, Chris is from Ohio, and he said that will be awesome. We're happy to have Jim Jordan representing us Ohioans, and you're lucky to have a guy like that. We are not represented in such a great way as uh, Jim Jordan, so uh, we're jealous, and uh, but we're glad that he's uh, that he's there for you and there in America representing. Uh, freedom in the American way of life. So we want to send him home and with a big, uh, big fat check uh, to his political action campaign and let him remember the people in Massachusetts as staunch defenders of freedom. After all, this is where freedom started, right? So uh, I'm hoping that he'll, he'll, uh, it'll leave a mark on him and, and be one of his favorite campaign stops. By the way, Jared from Guns and Gadgets is going to be joining us as well. He's he's uh, going to be on the host committee. Uh, we have Jay McMahon, former candidate for attorney general who should have won last time, but uh, Andrea Campbell had the D next to her name. So, uh, so the, you know, as the old Don McKegg, may rest in peace, the late uh, talk show host from our area who I used to do some work for in the carpentry business, but he used to say on the air, Jack the Ripper Democrats. So they would basically, if Jack the Ripper was on the ballot with a D next to his name, they were voting for him. It didn't matter who who it was. And I think that's appropriate. Uh, so, you know, I don't think Jay McMahon really had a chance in a statewide election, no matter who ran against him. But Jay McMahon was a very qualified candidate for attorney general and would have done a phenomenal job 
on defending, you know, enforcing the laws on, on the books in a very constitutional way. So, um, but anyway, he's part of the host committee. Uh, we have a lot of great people coming to Cape Gunworks on the 21st. It's from 10 to 8 p.m., um, excuse me, 10 a.m. to 8 to noon, excuse me. Jeez. I'm, uh, I'm having a slow morning here, folks. Uh, 10 a.m. to noon. I wish it was 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. That would be quite the event. So the first hour is going to be a VIP event. We're looking for some of you can write a check, uh, as the old uh, televangelist used to say. Uh, <laughs> some of you can write a check. Um, and we're looking forward to uh, some VIP event, you know, the big money guys coming in and and getting some special intimate access with Jim Jordan, being able to ask him questions and talk to him. Uh, and then the second hour is general admission. $100 suggested donation will get you in the door. This is going to sell out. It'll be a standing room only event. And so we're looking forward to that. But anyway, let's uh, get to the subject matter at hand on the other side. I'm Toby Leary and you're listening to Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. 508-444-2120 is the phone number if you want to be on the show with me today. Or if we're off the air, leave a message and we'll play it. Uh, but you can leave a message any time of the day or night. And you can text us at 508-444-2120. Today's poll question, it's over at twitter.com. And you can just type in Rapid Fire Radio to vote in our poll. Or it's at rapidfireradio.us is do you think state licensing schemes will go away because of the Bruin case? Yes, in one to five years. Yes, in five to ten years. Not in my lifetime or no, never. So go ahead and vote. Let your voice be heard. And uh, do we have the results of last week's poll, by the way? Um, I'd love to share that because sometimes it's... um, All right, so last week's poll was what can we do to curb the increased violence in America? 13% said make it easier to get guns. 0% came in at make it harder to get guns. Interesting. And that was on Twitter too. Uh, 53% said end gun-free zones. And 33% think more mental health options will make us 
uh, safer and decrease violence in America. So this week, we'd love it if you'd vote in, in this week's poll about will the state licensing schemes go away because of uh, Bruin? Yes, in one to five years. Yes, in five to ten years. Not in my lifetime or no, never. And right now we're at 50-50. Yes, in five to ten years. And no, never is at 50%. So go ahead and vote over there at uh, rapidfireradio.us or twitter.com. Rapid Fire Radio, all one word. So, all right. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about is, oh, and this week's code, excuse me, is tactical. So if you want to get a very special discount and take full advantage of the savings by being a loyal listener to Rapid Fire, you can use the word tactical on our website at capegunworks.com and you'll get a very special savings. So uh, we're happy to do this to our podcast and radio listeners only. A couple quick stories I wanted to lead off with is um, some of you might have been following the news that there were two mass shootings in Serbia at um, schools and Serbia has plenty of gun control uh, though it did nothing to stop a school shooting as Tom Knighton reports in his uh, in this Ammo Land article Um, and there was two mass shootings in a matter of days leaving eight people dead that means despite all the gun control in the books in Serbia the pressure on lawmakers to do something to at least appear to be address addressing this issue so they did and interestingly enough one of the solutions that they're going to do along with a whole slew of gun control which obviously isn't working they already have very strict requirements and gun control requirements um, but they are going to make sure that they store their guns with care, locked up in safes or closets and are out of the reach of others, particularly children. And police will do spot checks at registered gun owners' homes to ensure that they keep weapons safe and those who are found to be negligent could be charged. I find that incredibly risky in a country like Serbia, which had um, has a ton of firearms in circulation, and uh, most of which probably aren't registered. And not to mention that this part, this country was engaged in ethnic cleansing back in the 90s. So uh, there's people who, you know, were put in the ground by the government and are going to now have that same government knocking on their doors to do safety checks at their house. And obviously they don't have the constitution like we do in Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts like we do in America. So they don't have the Fourth Amendment that doesn't allow unlawful searches or seizures. You know, armed thugs can come to the door, armed tyrants can come to the door, force their way in, make sure you're storing things properly. And if you're not, I'm sure they can seize you, your guns, arrest you, and take take your property and charge you with crime. So this is a very tightly gun-controlled nation, and uh, we saw two mass shootings in a matter of hours. Um, interestingly enough, I had... Uh, the privilege of sitting on that Greenfield panel of the state listening tour a couple weeks ago. Uh, there was also one this week in Brockton, and I didn't get to attend because I was guest hosting for the Howie Car Show. But um, the one of the red shirts, the Moms Demand Action ladies, uh, who you know is a well-funded Soros group, uh, stood up and tried to make this argument that the Sandy Hook shooter shooter's mother wasn't storing her guns properly but the part she left out was the 
kid shot his own mother or killed his own mother and threatened her in order to get into the safe. So she had him locked up and he, uh, he beat her or, you know, threatened her to open the safe and then he killed her. So this is a deranged maniac that, you know, there's no storage laws you can put on the books that can solve that problem. When somebody's got that type of a will, there's a way, you know, people are going to go after the, they're going to get guns. Or worse, they're going to find another tool that's just as efficient. Um, We talked about this a little bit, but uh, the Texas um, mass killing event there where that person blew through the stop sign and hit a whole bunch of people waiting at a bus stop, that, I will say, the carnage from that scene was absolutely brutal. It was extremely graphic, and I I watched the aftermath of that with people videoing and trying to help people. But the bodies piled up on that after that event were was horrific. One guy's leg was completely severed, and they were trying to apply a tourniquet, and it was wasn't a clean sever. So it was it was awful. Nothing a gun cannot do that level of damage, and it happened instantly with a guy going through a crowd with a vehicle. And ironically, the red shirts and the every town and mayors against and Giffords and all those groups, no one's clamoring to ban Range Rovers. Um. Just as an efficient killer as firearms, more prolific, more available, more uh, less restrictions on them, and anyone you know, sixteen and older can get their hands on them. So we have a problem on our hands in America, and if if you're not willing to hold vehicles to the same standard as firearms, then you're entire argument and narrative collapses. So you can't just have it one way and not the other. So if you're going to ban an item, an inanimate object, a tool, because of its capability to kill, then you have to be consistent. And in in that case, you would be standing on the front lines of everything that leads this country in death rates, like cars, like swimming pools like uh you know blunt objects hands and fists feet these are all things that kill as many people as firearms a year and we we want to just you know hide that whole narrative and and be intellectually dishonest and continue to say we need to ban this or that even though uh we're not willing to be consistent with our argument also, uh, kind of hinging on that Serbia story where they're going to be going door to door, the ATF has recently been going door to door and consistent with its tyrannical ways. And a video came out in the past couple days of two agents that showed up at a uh, military vendor's residence or place of business, I'm not sure which, and basically said, hey, we know you to be one of the guys who purchased a forced reset trigger. And in case you didn't hear, the ATF has changed the rule on these forced reset triggers and they are now considered a machine gun. So you need to 
buck up, pal, and hand him over. And I think the guy did a very good job. He videoed the entire interaction, and he basically said, I'm not going to be talking to you. And they said, so you're not going to give up your force reset trigger? He goes, I'm not going to answer any questions. And uh, then he kind of took them to task. One of the guys, the one of the agents said, hey, I don't want to be here as any more than you want me to be here. So you could tell this guy was sympathetic to the cause that he was in or the plight that he was in because of these government hacks or these bureaucrats, these appointed um, bureau- bureaucrats, unelected officials in these three-letter agencies uh, carrying out uh, enforcement action against uh, somebody, you know, a rule change. No, but he pointed out that Congress had passed no law, um, no rule, no laws have changed, and here you are at my doorstep trying to seize my personal property and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to tell you yes or no. I'm not going to let you in, you know. Uh, and so they said, okay, well, and they they tried to reason with him and say, hey, well. Um, we just want to let you know that if you are in possession with this, you could be charged. And if you give it up now, nothing's going to happen to you. We're not going to charge you with anything. You're not in trouble in any way. And they know they can't make them in trouble because they were legally sold. There was uh, law enforcement, I mean, the ATF letters as a result of of these being sold. They weren't considered a machine gun. Then they changed the law, changed the rule. And, oh, look, another victimless crime that because of a rule change and they claim they have the authority to do it, they claim Congress has given them the authority to do it through uh, great deference given to them by the, you know, to, to enforce these laws of the land. But no laws changed regarding machine guns since 1986 uh, and the Gun Control Act of 1968. And the NFA Act before that of 1934, I think it was. So these laws haven't changed, but yet they're changing the way they enforce them as technology progresses. Uh, So we'll see what happens, but hold on to your uh, hats if you've purchased one of those. I would consult a, a lawyer. But by the way, there's still some openings to the Veterans Top Shot Invitational. Go to veterans, I'm sorry, go to topshotinvitational.com to sign up today. That's topshotinvitational.com, Cape Cod's biggest golf tournament. You don't want to miss out. It's going to be epic. So sign up at topshotinvitational.com today. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. to leave shots like these to chance. Now you never have to compromise performance again. Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from Heavy Shot. 22% denser than steel. More energy downrange. Launched by the Flight Control FlexWad, Heavy Bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns. Loaded in the USA by Federal Ammunition. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm Toby Leary, your host, and I'm happy you're here with me. If you want to be a part of the show, make sure you go over to rapidfireradio.us and sign up to be notified whenever we go live. 
You can comment in the chat and we will get to your questions in the show. Also, you can follow along with what we've done in the past. You can catch up on past episodes wherever you get your podcasts or on our our uh, website as well. You can check out all the previous content. So uh, you can also give us a call on the Rapid Fire Line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. So getting back to this uh, article um, about the forced reset triggers, uh, it was really interesting to see... um, the way they had videoed the whole thing and they showed up with plate carriers. And and one thing that's true about all gun control is it's always under the threat of being in government cages. So, you know, the ATF went on um, this big narrative in front of the House Judiciary Committee a couple of weeks ago when we had Jim Jordan and Thomas Massey and a bunch of other great uh Pro two A Republicans in the in the House, um, really holding his feet to the fire. And one of the things Stephen Dettelback said is that ATF agents are putting their life on the line every day to make us safer in America. They're going up, rounding up violent criminals. They're participating in investigations that are making our streets safer as it relates to gun violence in America. Making sure guns aren't in the wrong hands. And then you see this video of a two agents showing up at this guy's either place of business or residence who's a vendor for every tip of the spear uh, uh, Department of Defense group out there. Navy SEALs, he mentioned he makes certain low-light uh, setups for the HKMP7s, for the Navy SEALs, for SEAL Team 6 and whatnot, and he mentioned this in the video and he says, I go out every day and I, I make products to make America safe. And yet here's two ATF agents on his doorstep threatening incarceration in government cages for a possession of a part that nobody's been harmed by, that nobody is being threatened by, that hasn't, might not even be in his possession, that he bought legally with a an ATF letter saying that it was legal to own and have. And then they cha- I'm from the government and I'm here to help. And then they changed their mind and said, "Just kidding, hand it over. We're here to seize your property." And it's unbelievable that, you know, nobody's been hurt by this. And Stephen Dettelback also mentioned that it's raining these Glock switches in inner cities and police departments are picking them up left and right and they're everywhere now these were things that were sold on wish.com they were sold on uh, the internet on facebook marketplace there was thousands of ads for them i remember seeing them you know hundreds of times in my feed of social media etc etc and yet why aren't they going after the gangsters that that bought all those illegally uh, because that'd be a little too much work, and maybe it's easier to go after the guys you don't need to worry about, the victimless crime. And we've seen their uh, propensity to do this in the past. We talked a couple months ago on the show about uh, this guy, um, 
I think it was Carlos, but I can't remember his first name, but his last name was Mejia in Florida, and he had a home range. He invited a guy over the house and showed him his collection. He had several tax stamps. He had a license to carry in the state of Florida. He had um, a couple of tax stamps for suppressors that he had legally purchased and paid a $200 tax for. He also had a CZ Scorpion pistol that he put a butt stock on in the privacy of his own home and to use in the privacy of his own range. We don't even know if it ever left his property. Completely victimless crime that the FBI anti-terrorism unit got a hold of and sent a confidential informant to his house to shoot with him on his own private range and took pictures surreptitiously about it. And then he was a former uh, police dispatcher. The chief of police said he was a good guy, showed up for work every day, you know, put his time in, and, uh, you know, really reliable guy, never had any issues with him, no criminal record, and... Yet the feds came down on him like a ton of bricks, and he's serving a 21-month sentence in federal penitentiary for attaching a stock to a pistol. And uh, we have all that looming June 1st as well. Everybody who's built an AR pistol or some sort of uh, semi-automatic pistol that they've attached a pistol brace to, now they're, they are facing the same thing as this guy Mejia did in Florida, uh, illegal possession of a short-barreled rifle where you didn't pay a $200 tax on. Ironically, that's the same thing that tipped off the whole Waco showdown. The ATF showed up at the Branch Davidian compound because they suspected by hearing a hellfire trigger, which was probably the early um, iteration of the, you know, the bump stock or the um, rapid force reset trigger or binary trigger. Uh, but he, he, they had this Hellfire trigger, and they suspected that they had a fully automatic machine gun that he did not um, pay a $200 tax on. So that's what sent the ATF knocking. But And we all know the end result of that. So under the threat of you know being shot, having your dog shot, and government incarceration and going to a government gulag, uh, that's how they enforce the laws. And all gun control is a violation and an infringement on our constitutionally protected rights, period. And they've been getting away with it for decades. And I think the covers are going to come off now that we had this uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. But tell us what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120. Winner. We have a winner. This week's winner is Michael S., so look for an email from us. You get a $25 gift card from Cape Gunworks. And this week we're giving away a an awesome <clears throat> locally made hand-done mouth-blown whiskey glass. It's got the bubbles in it. And this one has a 500 Smith & Wesson bullet pressed right into the side. This is made by world-renowned glass blower Michael Magyar, his glass shop. It's called the Glass Studio and Sandwich. He's carrying on a a long tradition of old world craftsmanship. He has, uh, he signed the bottom and uh, it says Magyar 2022. Oh, look at that, 2022. I guess these are holdovers from last year, but um, these are really popular in the shop. I actually enjoy uh, a beverage of choice out of this same type of glass weekly. It's a phenomenally made glass. It's really thick and heavy. 
and uh, you, you signed by the the maker, and we're giving that away uh, this week. It's a super cool glass, and I give him the bullets to make these glasses. They're 500 Smith and Wesson bullets, and uh, yeah, handmade. They're not factory made in China, manufactured in uh, some big factory. So. Old world craftsmanship at its best. So if you want to enter to win the whiskey glass, go to rapidfireradio.us, scroll down a bit, and enter the contest. We'll pull the winner on next week's show. And don't forget this week's discount code is tactical. So uh, you can go ahead and check that out. Um, Interesting article on uh, Ammo Land last week. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. This is an old article. I don't know where that came from. Uh, but about an ATF whistleblower who exposed rampant fraud at the ATF. Uh, John Crump did an article about that. Uh, this leap law enforcement availability pay. You can check that out on Ammo Land. Um, and the they uh, last year a lawyer for the Office of Special Counsel claimed the agency found a substantial likelihood of wrongdoing. The OSC is an independent federal investigative and prosecutorial agency whose mission is to investigate whistleblower claims. So there's that ongoing investigation. And I thought uh, Matthew Gates did a phenomenal job when he was uh, asking Stephen Director Dettelback questions on uh, the House floor when (laughs) he started off the line of questioning with, how many guns has ATF lost? And... Settleback goes, uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. He goes, is it that hard of a question to answer? How many guns has ATF lost? He goes, are you talking about a specific event? or?" And he goes, well, I don't know. How many events should we be looking into? And he just absolutely scorched earth torched him. And he's like, if you're referring to the National Destruction uh, Laboratory, those guns were stolen, and that guy is now in prison. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because you guys ignored the Office of the Independent Counsel or Office of Special Counsel uh, recommendations to prevent you from losing these guns. He goes, so you lose things you're supposed to keep track of. And by the way, you keep track of things you're not supposed to keep track of, like two, uh, two million records you had to delete or 200 million records you had to delete on law-abiding gun owners. You were keeping records as if it was a registration. How many did you have to delete? He goes, I don't know the exact number. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to tell you it was 200 million. And so he said, said, "Um, I don't know if that's the number. He goes, well, I I do. And and then he says, uh, you know, why do you keep track of things you're not supposed to keep track of and lose things you are supposed to keep track of? And yet you have this zero tolerance policy where you go around and hold gun shops to a higher level of standard than you yourself can perform at. And I thought it was phenomenal. So uh, you got to go check out that. Uh, go check out that clip on on YouTube of Matt Gates torching them. But by the way, we still have the exciting new pistol training series, Pistol 1, 2, 3, and 4. Takes you from basic all the way through holster draw, and you put it all together at the end in in pistol level 4. So go to capegunworks.com and check out the class calendar and sign up for one of our great classes today. I'm Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. 
The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. It is time for the Rapid Fire Gun of the Week. And this week's gun is super cool. It's right up my alley. Uh, it'll make you just like Jerry Michalik. That's what I say anyway. But I don't know if that's entirely true, but I'm going with it. It is the Mossberg 940 JM Pro. And doesn't exactly sound like that because it's semi-automatic so or that uh because it's a shotgun but close enough so anyway this gun is cool uh because it has it's set up basically for competition and uh really high performance shotgun for a great price by the way like a lot of the shotguns in this class like the beretta 1301 tactical or the benelli m4 are in some cases twice as much money as this gun. This is sub a thousand dollars, and uh, the Mossberg 940 JM Pro is a pretty cool gun. It has the titanium nitride accent, so you look cool on the range. It has a great vented rib on top with a fiber optic front bead sight, so you can acquire that target quickly. Um, it has oversized controls. It's got a big uh, charging handle, if you will, and a big bolt catch on it as well it's got the safety in the on the back of the receiver which is nice because it works for a lefty or a righty Uh, it's got a really good stipple on it it's not too sharp but it gives you a good positive grip on the stock nice big thick butt pad on it as well that's pretty soft and uh, it has a five plus i think a four plus one capacity because of masganistan but in a free state i think this is a seven uh, eleven maybe 11 round capacity so um, this one is already set to go out the door here in Massachusetts Uh, it is drilled and tapped on top so it's easy to put a pick rail there if you want to throw a red dot sight on it or a low power optic if you will Um, but most people would stick a red dot on it Uh, so this is a great gun it's lightweight it controls recoil very well Uh, if you want to shoot like Jerry you're going to need to Uh, add this to the collection it's a phenomenal gun Uh, i've had nothing but great experiences with all the mossberg uh, performance center guns or pro uh, shop guns this is one that uh, is no exception it's their newest version they had the 930 for a while and this is their upgrade Uh, so it's a little bit lighter than the 930s and uh, yeah you can shoot this you can't outrun this gun is one of the things i've seen from uh you know how fast 
Jerry Michalik shoots. Um, so that's pretty cool. And semi-automatic shotguns are one of the few uh, guns that you actually can outrun. Uh, so this one, this one is just a super cool uh, race car, if you will. It's it's a performer and it's a great range gun if you do any type of competitive shooting, like three gun or two gun and you want to get into that or you just want to have fun on the range and shoot fast and you can also uh, get this for home defense it's not overly long it does have a um, a screw and choke at the end and it's all set up with a competition size choke on it but you can you can set this up however you want you could put a uh, pick rail adapter on the between the magazine tube and the barrel, like you can see on a lot of tactical shotguns, if you really wanted to set this up for home defense, it'd be a great gun to you know call upon if you needed to. And um, it's got a screwed hole in the back of the stock, so you can throw in a sling swivel if you want. Uh, you can also throw a sling swivel on that barrel barrel magazine tube type of attachment. So, yeah, the Mossberg 930, excuse me, 940 JM Pro, oversized. Uh, controls, race ready, competition ready. So check it out at our website if you go to rapidfireradio.us and scroll down to Gun of the Week and you'll see a banner there that says Gun of the Week. Click on that and use G-O-W at checkout and you'll get a very special deal on this. So check it out and we'll be right back after this. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Network. For years, we've been the internet's leading destination for high-quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high-quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal with the Personal Defense Network is simple. Provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started, and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And don't forget to vote in our poll today. Do you think state licensing schemes will go away because of the Bruin case? Yes, in one to five years. Yes, in five to ten years. Not in my lifetime, and no, never. So right now we are polling currently yes in five to ten years at 16%. Not in my lifetime is 50%, and no, never, 33%. So let your voice be heard. Find the poll at rapidfireradio.us. Or go to the Rapid Fire Radio Twitter page, search Rapid Fire Radio, all one word. All right, let's uh, jump into the chat. I've been co-opting the entire show so far, and I apologize. Um, but I, 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 I apologize, and I appreciate the patience. Uh, I had a lot to get off my chest, I'll, even though I've already been doing my share of talking all, all week. But there you go. Uh, and CloverTac, who's on the chat, is going to be joining us in the second hour, so you want to stay tuned for that. And uh, he's commenting on my cap, and he says he needs to get one of these here caps. Well, maybe we'll have to send you one. Uh, so that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll get Professor Claw on that. 
And um, <laughs> Bob says, when am I going to run for some sort of office? I don't think I'm qualified, Bob, and I don't know if uh, I'm cut out for that type of work. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but um, 500 saying Jim Jordan said, nobody's saying the Second Amendment is absolute. And he's saying, 500 says, that's exactly what I'm saying. So screw that guy. Well, it's funny. We are very quick to write people off in the Second Amendment community. And uh, as somebody who's been written off before by other people, I would say be careful of that because he has proven to be a staunch supporter of the Second Amendment. And the Second Amendment has many nuances and faces and shapes and beliefs. And I don't really care if somebody says something stupid. I want to see what they do. And what he's done is support the Second Amendment. And, you know, there's been plenty of people who've said stupid stuff uh, in the past, but what their actions mean is is a whole other thing. So, um, plus there's the whole, how do I say it? There's perception to certain people. Like, when I sat on the panel a couple of weeks ago, in the Greenfield listening tour, um, the people on my left and right were a chief of police and a former law enforcement agent, and both of them are saying, you know, the system in mass is pretty good. I'm meanwhile going, no, it isn't. (laughs) It's terrible. And there's, you know, everything in between, from no gun laws to total gun control and gun bans and everything in between, right? So... I think we need to be encompassing or welcoming to people anywhere on that spectrum if they're at all pro-Second Amendment, even if they don't believe that you should have be able to get you know, machine guns out of the vending machine at the elementary school. I think that you know, we need to still embrace them, if, even if they're not fully on board with what we personally believe. This preservation of our rights is going to take a massive concerted effort. We just had uh, one of the guys who's one of the directors or not director, but one of the representatives of the liberal gun club stop in the shop. And we're going to be doing an event with them coming up. And uh, we had a really good talk. And I said, look, I, you guys know I'm a right wing, you know, Bible thumping Trump voting pickup truck driving shotgun toting Republican. But I don't really care that you don't believe like me and you don't care that I don't believe like you. If we both agree on the Second Amendment, let's come together and figure out how to make more Second Amendment disciples, right? It's the only way the Second Amendment gets preserved because it's in hostile hands when it gets into the hands of government. What I'd really like to do is normalize gun ownership and I'd love to say, hey, uh, yeah, we've kind of strayed. Let's start restoring our rights. And uh, every time we try to make that argument. There's this mass shooting and then the narrative falls apart because of media and because of, uh, you know, people not just toeing the line and saying, yep. Um, oh, by the way, there's a good statistic about that. Um, according to the FBI's uniform crime report, there was 10,258 firearm homicides in 2019, but only 364 involve rifles. And that includes all types of rifles from single shot to break action, to bolt action, to slide action, to semi-automatic, 
to, you know, whatever else there could be, muzzle loading. Uh, the FBI neither defines nor maintains a specific data for assault weapons. The majority of firearm homicides, uh, 6,368 6, involved handguns. Knives or other cutting instruments were responsible 1,476 homicides that year. Almost triple, actually more than triple, almost quadruple the total amount of people killed by all rifles combined. And that's the part that people don't talk about. You know, we lose the narrative sometimes. But anyway, let's see how it goes. Uh, hold the line, I say. Uh are those of us in mass outside of the cities represented? Um, I'm not sure what you mean by that. It's all red in my town and the surrounding towns. Uh, I don't know what you mean by that, Duncan. Are they represented where? Um, but anyway, uh, partisan politics is a huge problem and one thing we need to continue to work on addressing. I agree. And that's the one regret I have from being on that panel, the listening to our panel. I wanted to say that. And it was in my notes, and I didn't get around to it. But um, I wanted to say I long for the day when the Second Amendment is a right that is preserved by both parties. And it's not a political football, and it's not a political issue. It is just an absolute right that can't be taken away because it's not given to us by man. It's endowed on us by our Creator, the right to keep and bear arms is the most basic human right, the right to defend yourself against those who would try to kill you or harm you and a tyrannical government who would try to impose its will on you. Uh, that's it. Um, I heard kids can't even tell the time of day looking at regular schoolhouse-type clock. Yeah, that's true. And uh, the Kimber is making, Kimber's making a new 1911 double stack that's a fine-looking gun. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, People jumping on the bandwagon. I heard of another new company that's making a double stack, forty-five uh, double stack nineteen eleven. I haven't got a chance to look into them, but um, that that sounds good. Uh, my town borders New Hampshire. They should donate the land to New Hampshire for my sanity's sake. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Um, and we we didn't get a chance to get into it on this show, unfortunately, but. Uh, we have the guy, Bear Arms. I had him on the Howie Carr Show yesterday. He spoke at the last two listening tour events, and he has a really interesting story to tell. He uh, was indicted and charged with unlawful possession of a firearm in Massachusetts. He's a New Hampshire resident. He was on his own land in Massachusetts with his son, 12 years old, shooting at when somebody trespassed on his lawn and said, hey, you can't shoot here. It's public property. And he said, no, this is my own private property. Didn't you see all the no, no trespassing signs? And the guy refused to leave. And then the guy ended up calling 911 and made racial slurs about him and said he's shooting up the place. And they were really just shooting a steel target. And so uh, end of the day, he, the police showed up, checked them both out, let, the, let them both go. And, and the guy who was trespassing had a long criminal record and uh, was a violent felon or was a felon, I should say. I don't know if he's violent or not. But anyway, that was the only crime that occurred that day was a trespasser refusing to leave and the property was posted. And um, But uh, later on, he ended up getting indicted for unlawful possession of a firearm because he did not have a license to carry in the state of Massachusetts. Well, he did a deep dive and we're going to have him on the show at some point. He did a deep dive into 
the um, the laws in Massachusetts, and he has come to the conclusion, and everything he's shown me, I think, is consistent with what he's saying, that um, the law, the license to carry law, was a was created for public servants in their official capacity in their duties. It was to carry out or the execution of their duties as public servants. So they carry a firearm, and it's on top of their already uh, enumerated rights, the right to keep and bear arms. And he said it's done by a professional licensing agency. They talk about the licensing authority. So just like meat cutters have to hold a license to cut meat and you're subject to a two and a half year imprisonment uh, sentence if you cut license uh, cut meat without a license and he said the same thing happens with a daycare facility if you uh, have children you don't need to get a license but as soon as you want to run a daycare out of your house you have to be licensed by the state so it's a professional agency issuing a license to the people carrying out their duties for said you know um, duties and uh, that the licensing authority is there to grant a license to the people who are public servants. So uh, he said the word carry is very important. You can look at it in the Constitution. You can look at it in the Massachusetts Constitution. And neither of them indicate somebody who's having something on their body. It's really in carrying out your duties. So uh, he said bearing arms is something that we don't need a license for. And even our state law is consistent with this. I'm going to do more of a deeper dive on this, but it sounds very fascinating. And uh, he is going to fight his upcoming case uh, in court this way. He's going to represent himself. And uh, he he's basically like, I'm not at odds with the state law. He goes, but I wasn't carrying a firearm i was bearing arms on my own property which i don't need a license to do under state law and nor can be required to do because of the constitution so it's it's fascinating he's got his ducks in a row and it'll be interesting um i don't think uh you know the he filed a a document in the state judicial court yesterday supreme judicial court yesterday uh, basically calling for um, declaratory judgment in this to say like they're they're violating his right to keep and bear arms uh, and he wants declaratory relief uh, which he petitioned the state through a, the courts through an emergency type of manner which is basically declaratory judgment on an emergency basis because of his trial coming up. And so he says the state's in a pickle here because they don't want to dismiss it and they don't want it to go to trial. So there's, it's pretty interesting. And uh, so we're going to get him on the show. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be getting uh, more and more interesting. I'm going to drill down into that. But uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, I would love to see the uh, that that really go to get a positive outcome and declaratory judgment but thank you guys for tuning in and remember the show ends here but it goes on for another hour we got clover tack coming up so make sure you tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call or text the rapid fire line 508-444-2120 
want to ask some questions, go for it on the chat. We'll, we'll get them over to Clover and have him, uh, we'll ask him those. So go to rapidfireradio.us to ask questions and check out some of our online content. Freedom will always be on the right side of history, so stay tuned. We'll see you next time, and we'll see you on the other side. we got Clover Tack next. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Cowart was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you work for taken away. Cohort was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. For quite a long time, duck hunters have been shooting steel, but in the past few years, you've really seen a resurgence of a material called bismuth. And what bismuth is, it's got a density a lot closer to lead than steel, where, where steel's density is right around 7.8 or so, and lead's right around 11 grams per cc. Bismuth comes in about 9.6. So just to kind of lay it out for you, if you've got two objects flying at the same speed, the one that is denser at the same speed is going to hit a lot harder. So a great example is like how we're hunting today. We're out, we're out here on the, we're literally hunting a bay on the ocean. Fantastic spot. 
but the wind's coming in pretty hard. Normally shooting the size ducks like the Eurasian Visions and Teals that we're shooting at today, I would probably choose to shoot like a, a number four steel, but because the wind's higher, I would maybe go to a number two because I'd get more energy and let the, let the steel carry further. Bismuth allows you to go one shot size smaller and still hit the bird just as hard as you would. Now what that allows you to do, we're shooting a number three shot today, so we're getting all the pellets of a number three load but we're getting all the energy of a number two steel shot. So it's gonna hit harder, it's really gonna extend your range, still meets all the lead-free requirements everywhere you are. Just a great product, and you'll definitely notice the power that you hit the birds with. Another thing with the Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth is we're shooting the flight control wad. So you can choke that with any choke you want, whether that's ported or not. Getting incredibly tight patterns. Again, more pellets on the bird, just hits them hard. Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of our usual, all of the social media channels that you subscribe to. You'll find us at Rapid Fire Radio or at Cape Gunworks, and you'll be able to partake and comment and subscribe to all of our comment there, and we'd be really grateful if you did. So, uh, But right now, I'm really happy to have on the show, we have CloverTac. He has his own uh, website, clovertac.com, and a podcast that he does on a regular basis. I believe it's a weekly podcast, right, Clover? Um, two episodes a week, two different seasons. So we've got an early season and a late season every year. All right. So, uh, we're really glad you're here and, uh, we've, I've been on, I was on your show at the you were. beginning of, uh, <laughs> April. So, uh, I can say on, I'm, I'm an alumni on the Clover Attack podcast. There so. you go. <laughs> One of the select few. Yeah. Right. Well, why don't you tell everyone what it is you do and how you do it? So go ahead. I'm going to give you a few minutes here to... Tell everyone a b- little bit about you and what you do. That's a tough one, right? Uh, you know, anytime you're creating content online, uh, people say, what do you do? And there's the, people throw out terms, gun tuber and influencer and whatever. You know, in short, um, I think the tagline for my podcast sort of sums it up in that, you know, my goal is to bring together the industry and the community. Mm. Um, and by industry, obviously, that's all the cool toys. Uh, that we know and we love and we get to partake of because of this wonderful thing we have called the Second Amendment. Um, and then the community side, that could be trainers, right? That could be just random people, new firearm owners. That could be 2A activists. It could be you know, a wide range of, of folks and trying to make sure that kind of everybody knows that we're all in the same big, huge boat together, right? Um, now, how I do that is just – by being on as many platforms as I can possibly be on, quite honestly, cool. uh, which gets more and more difficult, right? Mm. Seems like every every day and every week. But uh, YouTube predominantly with um, a recording of the, the podcast and then, of course, your standard review videos and stuff like that. Uh, and then also uh, that ports over into the audio podcast world, pretty much any platform out there you can think of. And then uh, the social medias as well. I don't do a whole lot on Twitter uh, but Facebook and Instagram uh, utilize that a little bit as well. Well, interestingly enough, I think uh, Twitter might be the 
the new frontier because that's what I hear. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> they they claim that they're not censoring or violating anyone's uh, free speech and et cetera, et cetera. And look at Tucker Carlson's coming back on Twitter here. I heard and, that this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, it, it's pretty interesting. Maybe they're going to have a more substantial streaming platform. You can stream there, and I have. And we've done that, but um, we're going to look into it more because uh, it sounds to me like that platform's about to go gangbusters, but yep. um, you never know. So um, that's great. You do a lot of reviews and whatnot. I first met you at SHOT Show uh, when we were stranded on the side of the road. You gave us a ride. <laughs> <laughs> My wife gave you a ride. That's true. Right? That's that is true. <laughs> yes. The um, I was a passenger like you. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so we, we were at your uh, good graces and uh, we managed to hitch a ride back. But so that's obviously something you do too. You go to shot right. show. You've been doing that for a while, right? Yeah. And that, and that's one of the reasons for shot show in particular, the last, you know, I don't know. I think I, I flew one year and then my wife started uh, going, which is, which is great um, because of the logistics of a lot of different things. But one of the cool things is we drive it. So we've got kind of that road trip adventure right nice. there and, and home. Uh, but one of the perks is what you was able to partake of is, you know, you don't got to call an Uber if you've got friends and stuff that need a ride that, you know, flew in that don't have a vehicle. Well, we have ours. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to Uber, you don't have to rent a car, you know, things of that nature. So it's a help to, to other people as well as fun for us in the trip. But, uh, yeah, just got back from NRA uh, a couple of weeks ago, NRA annual meeting nice. up in Indianapolis, drove that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that was a, that was a fun trip. Uh, but yeah, that's where you, you get to FaceTime with people, right? I mean, we've got wonderful technology, obviously, like we're using now, we get to see each other's faces and we can show off gadgets and doodads and do other things. Um, but it's a lot different than being in an actual room with somebody. Right. Um, and then on top of that, with the, uh, various friends that, you know, I've made over the years in the industry, uh, and then aspiring, I mean, companies that I would love to work with, you know, in the future and stuff like that, uh, being able to talk to them, see the new products, cultivate those relationships and, and things of that nature. Mm, yeah. Well, one thing that's been cool about getting to know you a little bit is, uh, you're part of the rapid fire radio network now. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, pushing your content out there and you're also kind of reciprocating your so it's nice to be partnered up and uh with like-minded people who are trying to forward and the second amendment agenda and whatever that means to you you know we're certainly uh not exclusive to you got to think and look and walk and act a certain way i think there's a lot of nuance between the uh second amendment community uh for everybody you know and uh and whatever it is you enjoy and in, in life. And uh, so, you know, from what you do uh, nowadays, what would you say you review a lot of product and write articles on certain, uh, certain gadgets and gear out there, or is it more um, just a broad spectrum of, uh, you know, to a issues or is there I would pet say project? yeah i would say that the vast majority is industry related mm-hmm. right so whether that's bringing attention to a new company or maybe a new product from an old company uh you know honestly that's where i fall uh, i think in the uh 
in the in the tagline or whatever that Roy put up. I think it said like two A advocate or something, and I'm okay with that. But I certainly don't want to be called an activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I think of two A activist, I think of uh, the women of the DC Project. I think of Tony Simon. I think of Charlie Cook. Right? right. Like I think of some some rock star names as far yeah. as two A activist goes. Um, as far as two A, uh, I'll weigh in a lot of times. Um, you know, with my limited knowledge, but I try not to get into specifically state issues. It really rubs me the wrong way when something's going on, let's just say in your state in Massachusetts. Um, and I was in your position, if I was in your position and somebody from Texas starts chiming in with their two cents about Massachusetts, having nothing to knowing nothing about the landscape of Massachusetts, what the communities are like there, what the sentiment in the communities are like, what the legislative makeup is historically, what the, uh, legislative makeup is and things of that nature, right? Um, and I know I know that because it aggravates me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's one going on now. I, I can't tell you the number of emails and messages I've got, and I can't remember the House bill number now. Twenty seven forty four, maybe. Um, that um, is it. It made it out of committee. And if you know anything about politics and the legislative process, and people need to learn that, and particularly for their own states. Um, it did come out of committee, and it's a bill that it is an anti-2A, anti-gun bill that wants to restrict those 18, 19, 20-year-olds from being able to purchase certain firearms, right? Um, on the ground, listening to things, looking at it, knowing the landscape and how kind of the way Texas politics work, um, I think they let it out of committee because it was probably the worst bill, so it had the least chance uh, of getting any kind of traction on the House floor. And even if it did, uh, there was the option for uh, the opposition to poison pill it uh, if the the play to run out the clock didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go on further down the line, so what I've been explaining to people, like, I, I, I don't see the governor signing it. Even if it did go through, he would veto. Uh, and the Senate does not have the votes to override. Uh, but even in the sense that the governor was to sign it in this, you know, whatever, I think a, a long shot that it was to ever get through, um, the, the courts have already ruled on our constitutional carry that we got passed a few years back. There was a clause in there exempting 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. And the courts have already ruled that that can't be enforced. Law enforcement officers in the state of Texas can't enforce that. So that is unconstitutional. So this is right in that same vein, right? Restricting rights by that arbitrary age group. Uh, and so even if it gets through and it gets signed, the courts are likely going to shut it down anyway. So it's, I think it's a lost cause, right. but if you're, if you're on the outside looking in, if you're in a Massachusetts or Colorado or a Montana or a Florida or whatever, and you're looking in and you don't know the makeup and the, and the way that the political gamesmanship goes in the state and things like that, I understand why you could be worried. And you really need to be talking to people inside that state that have the firsthand knowledge of what's going on. That's my opinion anyway. Mm. Yeah. So being in Texas, you've been how long have you been in texas your whole life is it entire life born and raised yeah no kidding um and so when i first became a gun owner in 93 uh i remember there was it was very interesting because vermont was a constitutional carry state but texas was not and texas actually didn't even issue a permit right there was no way to concealed carry in texas at the time 96, 94, 92, I, I, it escapes me, somewhere in yeah. there. 
Yeah. So you think of Texas and you think of guns and freedom and way of life and, you know, cowboys and outdoors and, you Especially know. internationally, right? Yeah. Especially the international people. They think Texas is the, literally the wild, wild west. Right, and, right. Not so much. And <laughs> it was literally in the last 30 years that you guys even got a permit to carry in your state. Correct. And then it was, what, in the last 10 years, I think, when you got constitutional carry, Correct. In the last three. That was last 2020? Three. Okay. 2021? Oh, so in the last Basis 10 years, speaking. you got open carry. We got licensed open carry. Yes, right. licensed open carry. Right. And then in the last three years, you got constitutional carry. So Right. It was a it was a method, and again, if you understand the madness, you kind of you kind of know what it is. I I use the football analogy. I know there's a lot of folks that aren't into sports ball, mm-hmm. but we played a really fierce ground game, right? We didn't have the eighty yard passes, right? But every other session, and you got to realize that that's another thing that took Texas so long, I think, to get there. Is every other year our legislature, we don't have it, right? Those yahoos can't screw anything up every other year because they don't meet. (laughs) So, uh, but that's also a bad thing when you're trying to get things changed that you want changed when you have your legislature. So it's, it's that yin and yang, right? It's, it's a double-edged sword with that. Uh, personally, I like that. I think the federal government should work that way. I think all state governments should work that way. One year on, one year off. So at least for a year, they have to live with what they've done. Right. I'm I'm all for that. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, that slowed us down a little bit, but it was that constant ground game. Uh, we went after um, the license carry, the concealed handgun license, the Texas CHL. Uh, and then from there, we whittled away the requirements on that, right, over the years. And then finally, it got to the point to where there was nothing left but to add open carry to it. Same thing. You got that passed. Then we whittled away on that as far as requirements. And it got to the point that the only thing left was the, the constitutional carry which we've got here a couple of years now, uh, as with the clause in there exempting 1820 or 19, uh, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, there's still some work to be done with constitutional carry. We still, still need to whittle that back. Right. Um, but you, you have elements out there, and I get where they're coming from. I get the hard rah-rah, shout out me and fringe from my cold dead hands people. I get that. Yep. Um, but quite often, that's an approach that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, get it passed. And we've seen this even with constitutional carry where there was people that were against it because of that clause, that age clause. And my take, and in, in, I've got an opinion that's different than many out there, I'm sure, but my take is get it passed, and then we can clean it up as we go along. We'll start cleaning up and changing parts and rolling back. And, and I just say that because that's a method that has worked here in Texas literally for decades. So I don't see why it wouldn't, would not continue to work, um, especially since our legislature – hasn't undergone major changes as far as the shift in power. Mm. Yeah, you bring up a good point, and that's, you know, just by saying not one inch every time doesn't get much done. And, you know, it's funny, I as I did this listening tour event in Massachusetts, I was on the panel a couple of weeks ago, and we had, you know, a Democrat um, – representative leading the charge on this and he basically teased the whole thing up with how great the mass gun laws are meanwhile i'm saying oh my gosh we need to overhaul the whole thing and scrap them all but i'm not going to get anywhere with someone who thinks they're great if i say 
we got to do away with them all. You know, like we got to find some common ground and figure out what we can tweak and fix. And and Mm -hmm. it might be a slow process other than the court system. Uh, In legislative systems, it's a slower process to restore rights once they're Mm -hmm. taken or restricted or, or, you know, to restore them is a much bigger ask than the initial legislation. You know, that's the way I see it. Um, yeah. So we're, we're probably a little ways off as a state, one of the big eight states that had uh, May issue as the license to carry scheme here for so long. Now, right. it's a, now we're shall issue thanks to the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association decision. But um, we're still a long way off from let's constitutional carry, let's say, you know. Right. Uh, unless courts get involved, which – that could happen. I, I, and in fact, that and they was, have been a lot lately, especially with yeah. since the New York pistol, uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. I hate calling it Bruin. Mm-hmm. Um, since that, uh, we've had a lot of at least lower courts, right? We've had a lot of movement, a lot of things going on, which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, I think that's where the battle is for the next ten, fifteen years. I think we're going to see slow mm-hmm. incremental wins and. Maybe even some losses along the way, but I think ultimately we'll we'll have our rights restored. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of states right now with that 18 to 20 year old slot that is <laughs> dealing with that. I think I, I think it was North Carolina was going to go constitutional carry, and then that whole got that whole thing got derailed because mm-hmm. of that 18 to 20 year old thing. And mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see what happens, but um, I don't. Let me, let me, if, if I may, yeah. because I, I spoke about this, you know, the 18 uh, to 20 year olds in regards to, uh, you know, buying certain firearms here in Texas, that is, uh, has come out of committee. And for those that are, that are out there that are, that are in Texas, I, I need to caveat this because I didn't earlier and talking about this, I fully intend to, um, just because I don't think it's likely to, to really go ultimately go anywhere doesn't mean we set on our loyals and we do not practice eternal vigilance. <laughs> mm. We still need to be calling our, our critters down there, uh, our legislative critters and let them know, Hey, vote this thing down. You know, this thing doesn't need to pass. They need to hear from us. Uh, so I uh, just felt the need to caveat that. I don't want to be seen as a person that says, Hey, this could never happen. So don't worry about it. That's not what I'm saying. Right. Well, yeah, and I was actually, I'm glad you said that because my follow-up, well, my next question was actually going to be, uh, I got to tee up the question with a with a story because my first trip to Texas was probably 15 years ago, and I can remember getting off the plane and being like, man, I can breathe easier. I just, it just felt different to me coming from Massachusetts. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, I, I couldn't really explain it. It wasn't like, you know, the air, because uh, life you know, is a lot slower here, I would imagine. Yeah, it was definitely slower, but I just felt like uh, it was, it was a different feeling. Like, I didn't feel like the walls closing in on me as, mm-hmm. as, as if the government was closing in and trying to right. restrict and, and manipulate every area of my life, like in Massachusetts. Like, you you can't pour 
a certain amount of concrete in your yard without getting a permit here. You can't remove more than six square feet of drywall out of your house without getting a permit. Like you have to ask right. permission for everything in this state. And yeah. I, I think that's what I felt, you know, just uh-huh. like in my spirit, if you will, like, Oh man, it's free here. Like this feels good. I like this. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I've been a frequent flyer into Texas ever since, but, uh, so how has it been, um, even predating constitutional carry, predating licensed open carry, predating licensed concealed carry in your state, was mm-hmm. it, obviously guns were still a major part of Texas oh, life. Majorly, yeah. yeah. And and you'll talk to people, you know, I'm not, I'm not that old, at least not yet. Uh, but I can remember, I can remember people carrying before we were allowed, we were allowed to carry. Mm. Now, it was concealed. And am I saying I condone that or recommend that? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just telling you that I know people that carried, seen people that were carrying. Um, And if you talk with old timers here, you know, 70, 80 years old, you know, they were talking about how they didn't care. They were carrying in the seventies or whatever. The biggest sentiment, and and you got to realize too, I'm from rural Texas, right? And the vast majority of Texas is rural. We've got you know the DFW area, the Houston area, San Antonio, Austin area, any, everything outside that is pretty much is pretty much rural. And one of the cool things I think about it being about Texas being mostly rural um, is when you get into and and in some districts it's the same way I think in larger more metropolitan areas even there's this history of the sheriff runs the show yeah right. Um, and we're blessed in Texas to have some, especially in this county and the neighboring counties, that's really awesome sheriffs. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm saying by that is even if you're, if you're breaking a law, but it's a, how do I, how do I word this? But nobody has been harmed, yeah. right? It's a victimless crime, sure. Sure. right? And there's no intent behind it or anything else. Um, the the odds they're gonna say hey get your butt back to you know you know don't slap on the wrist don't do that right whatever um you know, great example and again not condoning the activity but you know growing up in high school we'd be drinking on the courthouse square were we underage you better believe we were underage and you know sheriff whatever would come out they would come out to a bonfire or whatever and they would say hey you know are y'all anybody leaving tonight or are y'all staying here overnight we're like, oh, we're going to stay here. We're going to crash in the bed of the truck, you know, or whatever. And they're like, okay, don't let us catch you out on the road. They didn't care one bit that we were out there at the bottom of our drinking, <laughs> but they wanted to make sure that we weren't going to be going and causing any problems, right? right? And it was that almost like an Andy Griffith mentality, and that still exists today. Mm. Um, run into something recently with uh, some family land and some trespassing issues, and my mom and dad's a little bit concerned, and I'm like, you know, that's great, and I won't get into the details of it, but it's the same thing I told them. I said, good luck. If somebody tries to file, you know, trespassing charges because of this, like, the county is not going to, the deputies, the sheriff is not going to enforce this. Like, they're just not, because it's so ridiculous, right? Um, And they all think common sense. They think, you know, freedom, common sense along those lines. And that's, that's a great thing around here, at least, like I said, in the more rural areas. Right. Well, I think you bring up an important point, and that is something that's extremely foreign to those of us in Massachusetts is the sheriffs actually have great power in most states and are pretty much the 
chief law enforcement agency for the t- cities and towns that they, uh, you know, operate in or they service. Uh, mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, that's what um, Catherine Engelbrick and um, Greg, uh, whatever the heck his last name was, these guys who are, you know, in trying to expose a whole bunch of election fraud, which is a whole nother story for a different day. But they initially went to the FBI, they went to the Department of Justice, they went to all these agencies and got nowhere. But once they went to local sheriffs in states, in certain states, they they actually got a lot of work done and were able to bring people to justice and hold them accountable and didn't realize the power that the sheriff's departments possess. Like in our state, they don't even have normal police powers. They can't even pull you over on the roadways. But wow. yeah, so I would say your sheriff's departments are more equivalent to our state police, which have uh, a greater uh, amount of power than our local police departments do. But yeah, but um, that's just, that's just dangerous, right? Because that's, that's, one step removed from the people and our founders believed that the government closest to the people is the government is the government that works the best mm-hmm. right o- optimally we don't want any government <laughs> but right. we're going to have it at least and so yeah that's that's weird that you would pull the county out and then have the state uh in local jurisdictions is that's just that's foreign to me it doesn't make any sense yeah and they actually call themselves a paramilitary organization the, oh, even the worse. State, the state police <laughs> is technically a paramilitary organization in this state. Um, but, yeah, it is it is a little – and of all the uniforms that they could have chosen in Massachusetts, mm. they look like SS officers. Oh, well, that's it's, appropriate, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. Anyway, we're it's a fascinating uh, conversation. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be back on the other side. If you want to talk to Clover, ask him a question, you can call or text 508-444-2120. And we're going to continue this conversation on the other side. So we will be right back. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. A firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we are having a conversation with Clover here on Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show that you can call into or text, and we will get you on with Clover, or I'll ask the question for you. So uh, we're going to continue the conversation. And real quick, um, there's some chatter on the chat about this 18 to uh, 20-year-old. G-Web says that 
Um, it's it's a diversion. It's it's a ploy to divide people, and also uh, they need the eighteen to twenty year old to be kids for their lie about guns kill kids, which I think he's referring to that. Uh, you know, the, the talking points from every town or moms demand action that say right. the leading cause of death in children is guns. <laughs> right. Right. And it's, it's yeah. ironic that, you know, 15 and 16 year olds can do things to their body without their parents' permission, but yet we're not going to let them carry a gun if they're 20 years old. You know, they can serve their country and et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, it's funny how it's funny how that's the number one cause of the death of children until you take out the 15 year old plus and in particularly take out gang violence. You are fake news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it um the whole narrative crumbles when you're consistent with age. <laughs> right. uh, if you compare, you know, 0 to 15 year olds, it's not even close. But manipulation of data is something that you were talking earlier about partisan politics. And I actually chimed in on the YouTube side of the chat a little bit there when you were. But, you know, I think we're doing a little better. People are waking up to realize that partisan politics is is we've got to get away from that. Mm. Um, and I think that's I think that's at play a little bit. Both sides will manipulate the data to their benefit. And it's human nature to do that. It's not even really a political thing. Um, as a as a as a you know, former business owner, uh, you know, I would go to go to lunch with other people that owned other small businesses in town and stuff. And anytime anybody talked about their sales, right? And you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. Toby. You're a business owner. They give the gross, right? They don't give the debt. <laughs> you know, it's like they may be in. $30,000 a month in the red, but they're not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you they made $600,000 this month. Right. And it's manipulation of the data, you know, to, to whatever point they're trying to serve. And so I think first we got to, we got to do that. We got to realize that both sides do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to get away from doing that. We've got to, you know, when the numbers are skewed, we've got to call them out on either side and say, Hey, these numbers are skewed. I, I agree with that. And I think, um, we need to change the argument altogether from getting into the nuance of, you know, how many people died like this, and this is the leading cause of this, and this is because yeah. it's irrelevant to the to the conversation. It really is, yeah. At the end of the day, we have a an enumerated right that um, our founding fathers acknowledged is granted by God, and there's a there's actually a Supreme Court case. I wrote it down, but I can't find where it is. Um, I, I think it's McFarland or McCarland, uh, McFarland or something like that. But it basically says that the constitutionally protected enumerated rights in the Bill of Rights can't even be voted on. So you can't vote to take them away. You can't vote to change the way that they're uh, they're talked about or, or applied. They are protected. They are off limits. And if you look at all gun control, every single one of those bills was passed by a vote that is technically (laughs) unconstitutional according to this Supreme Court case. And not to mention ballot initiatives. You see that happened in, I think it was uh, Oregon. 
um, a whole ballot initiative. So you can't vote on your constitutional rights. I guess the right. only thing that could possibly change your uh, enumerated rights is is a constitutional amendment. And I think that would be very, very difficult at, mm-hmm. at this point to, to do anything there. But I, w- I wouldn't rule it out. But the point of the Supreme Court decision was it's off the limits. Like, And I know there's people that say, you know, no right is absolute. Well, not according to the Supreme Court. And I think our founding fathers were pretty adamant that the second one is pretty off limits, according to shall not be infringed. Yeah, shall not be infringed is a big hurdle to overcome, Yeah, right? Um, you know, I, I go back to, you know, the founders gave us the mechanisms to change the Constitution if we if we so wished. Um but neither side, I don't think, would ever dare open that can of worms for fear of what could happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the founders knew that when they put those mechanisms into play. Now, there's been some very horrible things that were in the Constitution that, that have been done. There's been some very crazy things that have been done. Um, I absolutely hate, and is it the 17th Amendment with the senators? And if it's like the 17th or the 18th. But anyway... Um, that was the most horrible. I I wish that had never changed. Popular election of senators is bull. The balance of power was always meant to be. The Senate was for the states. The the House was for the people. Uh, and it was that that balance that that I think that went off kilter when that amendment was changed. So, um, good things can happen when you jack with the Constitution. Bad things can happen mm. when you uh, when you jack with the uh, the Constitution. But I think that. You know, you, you hear the old adage. People say, "Well, the gun control—it's about the not about the guns; it's about the control, right?" Um, and you see that theme echoed through everything, whether it was the pandemic and the lockdowns and all the overstepping that took place with there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Whether it's the First Amendment issues that we we constantly deal with uh, out there on social media and, and other places, mainstream, mainstream, whatever you want to call it, media. Um, it's it's all it all comes down to control. It has nothing to do whatever you know the the topic is. It has really nothing to do with that topic. It's about the control. And I'm not saying that everybody involved in the in the anti free speech, anti two A, whatever it might be, movement. I'm not saying all of them subscribe to that. We know um, that it's human nature. You'll have a few people that uh, they're charismatic, right? They talk a good game, and what's going to happen? They're going to build following. They're going to be people that that listen to what they say. They trust them, and they follow along in lockstep, right? And so I think that's what we're we're dealing with. A lot of times we see a lot of, let's just say anti-freedom, right? We see a lot of these anti-freedom, anti-liberty movements, and we think, oh, man, look at all these people at this rally, or look at all this. And we don't stop to think, how many of those people there are – misled and they don't know they're misled right or they don't even believe the reasons that they're there they're just there for their own selfish gain Mm. and i'll give you an example of this um i have a cousin my aunt was telling me the story because she knows that i you know big into firearms and all this stuff she goes yeah you know uh, so-and-so said went on a trip to washington dc with school right I'm like, oh, really? Like, yeah. It's like, and, you know, next thing I know, he calls me up and he's telling me about this rally and he's marching down the street and all this other stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, that's an anti-gun rally, son. What in the world are you doing? You know, and 
do you know why that well why he was there the chicks <laughs> yeah so it's when you look at these movements and you really start slicing it down to how many of these people really have nefarious means right and really want the control it's it's really only a select few people right well i i agree it's it's definitely that and i think it's also people who are well intended but misinformed or don't oh, yeah. don't understand the save the children well who right. doesn't want to save the children right. come on right and that's that's exactly um one of the one of the things that i try to take people to task on uh who stand up in these groups and say like well you know don't you care about child safety don't you care about you know making our schools safer don't you care of course we do and you don't have the the monopoly on that just because you have something in your name of your organization, you know, like keep kids safe or, you know, whatever it is. So um, basically you're, you're implying that we want to, and, and there's been politicians, uh, Gavin Newsom just recently basically said that um, because of those of us who like guns, we have, you know, we're, we have a license to kill and <sighs> it's it's unbelievable because nothing could be further from the truth guns are used right. more every year to defend life than take life and and that's the sad side of the thing uh yeah here it is he's he said uh i he, think the only thing good about gavin newsom might be his hair yeah he's got, got he's got some pretty good hair other got, than that i don't know he's got great hair i will say uh <laughs> I will agree with you there, and uh, I'm a little jealous about that. But then again, it does kind of look like a hair helmet. I wonder if he, <laughs> I wonder if he takes that off and puts it on the bedpost at night when he slips in between the sheets. Hey, you know? I'm not, I'm not here to judge, man. <laughs> well, hey, I'm not either. It, it looks good on him, though. Uh, so he, you know, he basically said, um, "Where here's his full tweet." He uh, he tweeted, this is freedom to be shot at a mall, shot at a school, shot at a church, shot at the movies. The Democrat governor wrote in a Twitter post shortly after police confirmed the casualties. We have become a nation that is more focused on the right to kill than the right to live. And interestingly enough, in his state, he would make it very difficult to defend yourself at church, at the movies, at school. And uh, so... yeah. I, I yeah. you know, and mass shootings occur in his state probably more than any other state in the country. Yeah, so this is freedom, and I'm sure I'm sure that was a question you got. The, you were looking at the tweet, but that was his question, right? This mm-hmm. is freedom, like a question. Mm-hmm. And I would say no, it's dangerous liberty, right. and many people prefer dangerous liberty over peaceful slavery. That's a thing. Yeah, sorry, um, but. It goes a little further because of them, because of some of the draconian legislation in California. Not only is it dangerous liberty, it's perverted dangerous liberty because they have now, with their draconian, you know, anti-2A legislation, gimped that. They made it even more dangerous. Mm. So it's not just dangerous liberty; it's dangerous liberty on steroids, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. the 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 truth of the matter is uh, that's something that the average person in America forgets what the, that this country was founded on. And, yeah. you know, our founding fathers pointed out that this only works for a moral and religious people. 
the whole concept of that dangerous freedom where government doesn't control every aspect of our life. They, they basically give us great liberty to make decisions in the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness on our own. And then we send people to government to represent our wishes is the whole, it's the whole ball of wax. It's the whole, you know, it, it is the whole thing. But unfortunately, they get there and they dig in like a tick and they get entrenched for yep. decades and become a career politician. And they are self-serving. And, uh, you know, don't get me started. Yep. I, I've been talking for two days about this kind of stuff. But <laughs> right. it's like, uh, right. you know, they don't they don't represent the people anymore. And in fact, it's it's almost like a, a back to the to the two the gentry and the peasantry and the ruling yeah. class you know where um so i don't think they do things for the benef- benefit of the people but in a sense i would not say that they don't represent the people and here and here's why um whether you're talking politicians right or whether you're talking Police officers. I've had this conversation, especially with you know, uh, what are we talking about? Like pr- police brutality and you know those types of issues that we see occasionally. Um, or whether you're talking about a doctor or a lawyer or the waitress at the Waffle House, right? Everybody is is a representative of society at any particular given time. And I think we've got. I think we've been down. You talk about like moral right morals and ethics and things like that. And I think it, that slowly is, and especially with social media, right? Um, social media, this is going to sound bad, but it's true. Social media eliminates the fear of somebody punching you in the mouth. Mm. That's a big deal, right? That's a harsh thing to say. Uh, we don't condone violence and we don't, but you know, you walk up me up to me on the street and you curse my mama. You're probably going to get punched in the mouth. Right. You do that online. What am I going to do? Right. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's a reflection of society. And, and I'll tell you another thing that society has become rather weak. The, the government has fostered and whether this is local government, you know, state, federal, whatever it might be. And this is where politicians look down on people. They don't understand there's the servants of the people, right? They don't understand that. And this is why you'll never hear me call them leaders. Oh, our leaders in it. No, I don't think so. Mm. Uh, they work for me. Right. Um, this is where uh, I think they get the looking down part, and it's almost like government almost works like a parent-child relationship, right, um, with the – uh, with the citizens of this country. That's almost like we're here to take care of you. No, you're not. You're not there to take, you're not my mommy. Right. You're not my daddy. You're not there to take care of me. You're there to represent me. You're not there to take care of me. But the problem is, I think we've got a large portion of society that wants to be, whether it's because of, of moral, those moral and ethical issues that have slowly progressed through society or whatever other means, they feel that they need to be taken care of, right? They don't have that American individual, uh, you know, individual. Uh, I can't even say it. Uh, American individual spirit. Pull up my bootstraps. I'm going to go get this done. You know, type attitude. Right. Um, and I don't. I don't know how we get back there. Um, 
Hopefully we do at some point. Uh, typically it takes really hard times. Uh, if you look at, at past history when things have kind of went that way, it takes really hard, really rough times to get back uh, get back that way. Uh, we're talking something like the Great Depression, right? Yeah. Uh, something like a major war, world war. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I don't want to see any of those type things happen. But I don't know what creates that reset in people's minds to be uh, more responsible and more self-reliant. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people in this day and age, like you said, are looking for government to take care of them. And uh, as opposed to, you know, hey, we're <laughs> got to be responsible for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's almost promised throughout every phase of our life. And mm -hmm. when we kind of get what we deserve if we uh, allow that to happen. Um, mm -hmm. But that has never been the intent, I, I believe, from from the start. And I think a lot of it's portrayed even with this, and I know I'm way off topic here, but the whole <laughs> concept of you hear it time and time again, politicians and the media and everyone says it, a threat to our democracy. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're not a democracy. So uh, oh. that threat passed back in 1700s you know like that's we're not we're a right. constitutional yeah. republic which is uh way better than a democracy in so many different ways but right. you know what does a democracy mean it basically means mob rule and and the majority wins but when you have a hard fast document like the constitution you that doesn't work you have to mm -hmm. you have to give people the latitude that they need but anyway uh what is your passion as far as guns are concerned and shooting and whatnot? Do you, how often do you get to the range? Do you shoot regularly and what kind of guns do you enjoy shooting and et cetera, et cetera? That's yeah. How much time do you have? Uh, I, think, I think we're limited here. Aren't yeah. We? we got 10 uh, minutes left. <laughs> all right. Um, now I'm blessed to have, uh, I don't even know, 50 foot, 100 foot out the door right there. I'm nice. blessed to have a 75-yard range here at the house. So um, how often am I pulling triggers? Mm, virtually every day. Wow. I wouldn't I wouldn't say every day because it's raining right now, but pretty close. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we've got land. So uh, for anything out you know, past 75 yards or things like shotgunning and things of that nature, it's kind of hard to do that around the house and the mm -hmm. barns and outbuildings and structures. So, um you know, usually go to, you know, another part of the property or whatever for that. So, um, as far as I, you know, I, I really like, I really like old school. Mm. Um, I like everything. Don't get me wrong. Um, because I enjoy, and this is part of, I think I've opened up more to it since doing the whole YouTube content creation thing. I think I've really opened up to the idea of other things a lot more because we're not all the same. Again, I spoke about that individual spirit and everything, right? We're all different, and we're all going to like different things, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just because I don't like this one firearm doesn't mean that, you know, you're not going to enjoy it, and, and if you do, you should, right? Mm. Um, so I've, I've, I've gotten a little more open to, you know, AR platforms, for example, pistol caliber carbines, uh, the more tactical, you know, style things. Um, but I still go back to revolvers. Uh, you know, shotgunning is super fun, even though I suck at shotgunning. <laughs> um, 
I know you'd asked about uh, shooting some precision competition and stuff like that. And do have some background in that area, specifically in, in youth shooting sports and as a youth shooting force instructor. Uh, so I do enjoy a good, you know, precision small bore rifle or, or handgun or something like that. Absolutely. But there's something about shotgunning, whether you're, whether you're dove hunting, walking through fields and things like that, um, or you're doing sporting clays, right? And you're out in nature, you're out in the woods, and the scenery is awesome. And there's a breeze. Through, I don't have any hair, but if I did, there would there's breeze through my beard, I guess. <laughs> um, you know that sort of thing. Uh, it's it's just fun. It's just a fun time. So um, I tend to fall back on those type things. I like I like history. Um, I like beauty, right? And so that's kind of reflected a little bit in the types of firearms that I like. Um, and then I also um, I also like innovation. So something that's different, right? Sure. Like, um, and oh my God, some of the firearms that I think are fairly innovative get some of the worst hate in the world. Hmm. Uh, What's and that? rightfully like what? so. Like what? Like what? The Trailblazer um, pivot and the trail, Trailblazer in general, the, sure. the lifeguard and the pivot, sure. right? Um, oh, single shot 22. I'm like, that that's the size of a credit card that folds up you can put in your wallet like like i get it is it optimal for self-defense no and i would never tell somebody that and trailblazer themselves because they're good friends of mine i know for a fact would never tell anybody oh this is the ultimate self-defense handgun they're not going to tell you that right um but i like little thing is i like that pivot rifle and the pivot is just amazing why you want something that swivels around and it's only nine millimeter and it doesn't but it's just cool. The it design, is. the engineering behind it, you know, that sort of stuff is is really freaking cool to me. And it's like sometimes I had a conversation to give you another example of a horrible firearm that I'm probably going to do a video here uh, on before too long that I've always loved. And it's it's a piece of junk. It's the Tech 9. Mm. But when you're talking pop culture where there's video games or movies or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, Tell me that a Tech Nine is not cool to take out on the range and and have fun with, so long as you know you can deal with all the malfunctions and the magazines <laughs> falling apart and the jams and the, the all the problems that it has, right? But right. it looks cool, and because it looks cool, it's just fun to take out and play with. And sometimes that's the point, right? You know, sometimes it's not about self defense. Sometimes it's not about fighting a tyrannical government. Sometimes it's not about you know shooting sports. You know. Uh, sometimes it's not about investment in collections. Sometimes it's just like, I want this because it's fun. Yeah. No, I and hear second, you. And the second amendment says I can, you know, the second amendment guarantees that I can have it. Right. And so that's all you need to know. Yeah. I don't know if I told this story here or not, but, um, I had a similar, like, I, I agree. I know exactly what you're saying. And I had this situation where I had a gun that was like a beat up old, 30, 40 Craig. I didn't even know what that caliber was. I was probably 18 years old. The bore of this gun was worn out and I brought it to a local, I brought it to a local uh, kitchen table gun dealer in my area when you could still do that in our state. Now you can't, but uh, this old timer and he was a 30, 40 Craig fanatic. He loved it. And so he, I knew he'd want the action or the bolt or the stock or he'd part it out or do something or restore it, whatever. So I bring it to him, and he looks down the bore and goes, holy cow, this is terrible. And he was really (laughs) sad the bore was so bad, but he goes, I'll give you $75 for it. And, you know, in hindsight, I probably got ripped off. But I said, oh, geez. 
And I, I was about to take the cash payout, and uh, my buddy goes, "Don't take the money. Find another gun here that he's got, and get a gun." And so, yeah, both of them impressed upon me this lever action twenty two. I don't even know what it was. It might have been a Marlin. It might have been a Henry. I don't even know what brand it was. I, I, I can't remember. It was an old beater of a twenty two lever, and I left walking out of there like very disappointed. I was like this. What in the world just happened? I got totally taken advantage of. So my friend leaves. I have a brick of 22, and I go down to the range, and I took like a 16-ounce plastic Coke bottle, and I threw it out there and proceeded to have one of the most fun and enjoyable days of my life on the range. Yep. I was like making this Coke can, uh, Coke bottle dance. dance all the way down to 100 yards, you know, like from yep. 10 yards all the way down to 100, and I'm like... I'm, I have the biggest crap-eating grin on my face, and I'm looking around like wishing someone was there to share this experience with me. <laughs> right. And I'm just having a ball. So I, I totally get it, you know, the whole uh, just having a fun gun to shoot. And yeah. uh, so uh, one thing I wanted to throw in there that we got a listener from on the other side of the pond who's who just turned tuned in, and he said, pardon me if this is a nonsense question, but I'm living in Europe and have nowhere near the same relationship to firearms as possible in the U.S. So the question is quite simple. What is the best aspect of firearms being accessible as uh, where you are, and what's the worst aspect? So I'll let you answer that. Man, that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, the best aspect. Um, I guess the best aspect is honestly money really being the only deciding factor in what you can have, we can have for the most part. Right. Mm. I mean, even if we're talking machine guns, like they're not banned, right. They're heavily regulated and they're going to cost you a fortune. Right. Um, but if you want to jump through all the hoops, the government has put in since 1986, you can have a machine gun. Right. Um, so, um, I guess that's probably the, that's probably the best, is that you know? There's really no restrictions on what we can what we can on. Um, <laughs> the worst. Um, the the divisiveness of the topic of firearm ownership. Mm. I think because or the maybe it's the the lack of people. There's. It's so prevalent, and so I guess this would be a negative. Firearms are so prevalent um, that there should be far more education with firearms. Yeah. Um, and and they're not. So there needs to be a lot more focus on just general education and understanding about about firearms. How many people don't know the difference between semi-automatic and fully automatic? How many people don't know? you know, the different types of, of actions. How many people don't know the difference between a shotgun and a rifle even, right? Yeah. Um, just your basics, point. just basics, right? Yeah, to your um, point, I think if you were to take one of those Marlin 1895 dark edition lever action guns and put a M-lock handrail on it, people would look at it and go, that's an AR-15, right? They would freak out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Freak out. yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, it's, it's basically we just, screwed up a very nice rifle by doing that in my opinion <laughs> but um you know uh we made it look ugly and like I, yeah i'm with you i would prefer somebody not to do that as well but you know what <laughs> they got the right to do it so let them let them go whatever makes them happy um we're plagued in this community you know unfortunately with a few people 
that are so opinionated with what you should and should not own. And we're talking about pro-firearm, pro-2A people here, mm. people in our camp that aggravate these snot out of me, that if it were up to them, and this is why I said earlier, and, and that was a great question. It really spoke to what I said earlier um, about you know, having the variety of stuff we have available, right, uh, to own and, and take home, buy and take home and enjoy. Well, And if some people had it their way, we would literally have a 1911, a .30-06 bolt action, right. and a 12-gauge pump shotgun. That's pump, the three pump firearms. Pump or double barrel. To, pump or double barrel. I, side I think, by side. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but... That would be it. That would be all that was available in the U.S. in the U.S. of A. And I'm talking right. about from gun people. Right, that's I hear their, that. That's their opinions, and that's sad. Like, open your mind and understand. We're right. individuals. We like different things. We like yeah. to enjoy different things. We don't all eat the same foods, right? How can Why people find your work, Clover, if they want to follow you? The easiest way, Toby, is uh, CloverTech.com, quite all honestly. Right. And from there, I mean, there's links everywhere to the podcast and the YouTubes and the social medias and, and all of that. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate you being on the show, and we'll do it again yeah. sometime. And thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, you can always get more content at RapidFireRadio.us. And keep up the good fight. Be an advocate in your community. And remember to be a responsible gun owner and together as americans we can overcome anything i'm toby leary this is rapid fire we'll see you next time